Well, over the past month, we have been engaged in this uh, sermon series, Bless Your Heart. Now, those of you who've had opportunity to hear one or more of these sermons probably have been more attuned to when you're out and about and someone says, Bless Your Heart, or someone says, Have a Blessed Day. You've probably thought, at least I hope you've thought, of this sermon series. So I want us to practice one more time, bless your heart, because this is kind of the official end of this sermon series. So turn to your neighbor and the best Southern accent and, and dialect that you can muster up, look at somebody beside you and say, bless your heart, bless your heart. <laughs> now, doesn't that make you feel better? Doesn't that make you feel better? You know, as we've done this sermon series, we have uh, tried to take a look at what the Bible has to say and this story and this journey of blessing. We have discovered that when we are blessed, it is life-giving. It pumps something into us that makes us come alive and be vibrant. Through blessing, we uh, are able to experience fruitfulness and prosperity. We're able to experience the sense of uh, influence and responsibility and rule. Uh, through blessing, we also find that we uh, experience this thing called peace, experience this measure of security and safety that's a part of our lives. And we find that these blessings are something that flow from God because it is God's desire to bless and it's in God's nature to bless. God truly wants to bless all of creation God wants to bless human beings across the globe. God wants to bless you, and God wants to bless me. That's a part of who God is. But in this series, we've also seen that there is this counter-movement to blessing. We call it the curse. And we find that anytime we perceive something to be a blessing, and we on our own power, in our own timing, try to grasp that blessing for ourselves without waiting for God to bring that blessing, without waiting for God to bring it in God's time, we end up experiencing the curse. And the curse robs us of life. The curse alienates us from God and one another. The curse takes away the very things that God wants to give us. So we as a people want to live and to know God's blessing. Now this morning you heard a passage of Scripture which tells of a character who is central in the Bible to this idea of blessing. He as a human being serves in a way as a fulcrum, a turning point of the centrality of God's blessing for the world. As a matter of fact, this story of this man who we just read about, who Jonathan read about, is called Abram. Later his name is changed to Abraham. So I'm just going to call him Abraham to make it simpler. I'm not going to try to keep it with just Abram. But Abraham is this character in the Bible who what God calls him to do, what God places in his life becomes this character that carries the blessing through the entirety of the Bible, and carries God's blessing to us. So we're going to take a few moments and look at the life of Abraham. But from Abraham, not only do we find how God's blessing flows, but we find a life principle that I hope all of us can live by. And we're going to get to that in just a few moments. Now, Abraham is a rather interesting character in the Bible because he kind of appears just out of the blue. 
As a matter of fact, before Genesis chapter 12, the verses that you just heard, there are five verses that talk about Abraham. And this is the summary of who Abraham was. Abraham was born in Ur of the Chaldees. His wife's name was Sarah. And when his dad moved to Haran, he moved with his dad to that location. And that is what we know about Abraham prior to Genesis chapter 12. Now, we know nothing about his vocation. We know nothing about his spiritual well-being. We know nothing about his religion. We know nothing about his philosophy. We don't know whether he was a good guy or a bad guy. We just have Abraham appearing on the scene, born in, in Ur, married Sarah, traveled with his father to Haran. That's what we know. And now in Genesis 12, God says to this character, I will bless you. I will bless you. Abraham, I will bless you. And here we begin to find this amazing characteristic of God. God freely bestows blessings on those He wants to bestow them on. Abraham had done nothing to merit that blessing. God chose to bestow the blessing on Abraham. But you know, that's the nature of God. And it doesn't surprise us because we see it often in our own lives and in the lives of people around us how God just freely bestows blessing. You know, you've probably seen people who, who, whose lives are truly blessed and you look at their lives and you wonder, why did God bless them as God did? It's not that they're necessarily that much more special than anybody else. As a matter of fact, they may have some characteristics about them that uh, makes them, in your opinion, less than deserving to be blessed. But we also see it in our own lives, how that God just sometimes just pours His blessings on us in times and moments when we've done nothing again to deserve that blessing to flow into our lives, and God just blesses. And that's the nature of God. God chooses to bless. And God chose to bless Abraham. Now, God's blessings on Abraham were, were rather remarkable. Now, in many ways, there are many like the blessings that we've talked about over the past few weeks, and there's also like blessings that many of us have received in our lives. First of all, Abraham received this blessing of prosperity. He was a person who had an abundance of resources. And as a matter of fact, when you read the story about Abraham, you find that Abraham was blessed with uh, all kinds of flocks and herds, sheep and cattle. He also had a large staff to take care of all the livestock that he possessed. When he came into the land that God led him to, what we know today as Palestine, Abraham was well respected by the people around him in large part because he was so prosperous. We could easily say that Abraham was a wealthy man. God blessed him with abundance. God also blessed Abraham, and maybe part of this came from out of his 
prosperous nature, but he also had a great deal of influence in the people around him. He had influence in the lives of his family, influence in the lives of people who were a part of the region where he was living. In the story of Abraham, we found that we find that when Abraham was uh, 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 when his brother had died, he took under his wing his nephew Lot, and Lot was heavily influenced by Abraham. In the land where Abraham moved, people looked up to and respected Abraham. So he knew that blessing of rule and responsibility. Now there's another blessing that Abraham received that is unique to our conversation about blessing up to this point. In this passage of Scripture, God promised to bless Abraham with a name. Now, that's significant biblical language, I have to tell you. It's not just that Abraham was going to, you know, his name was Abram and he was going to be called Abraham. That's not what that passage of Scripture is talking about here. But the passage is talking about that God was going to give him a word that we might use is, is a, a reputation, a good name among people. He was going to be given a name. Now, it's interesting that this blessing by the author of Genesis is a contrast to something found just a little bit earlier in the book of Genesis. Some of you may remember the story of the Tower of Babel. Does that story sound familiar to some of you? The Tower of Babel? It's kind of an unusual story in the Bible, quite honestly. And it was a story of where people got together in this city and they decided they were going to build this great big tower, this, you might call it a pyramid, that would reach to heaven and they could be with God, see God, experience God. And in that story it says that they say to one another, we will make a name for ourselves. You know, that's kind of what a lot of human beings want to do. We want to make a name for ourselves. We want to be known by others. We want to be respected by others. We want to have that good name reputation. And God told Abraham, I will give you a name. Today, if you were to uh, leave here and travel north up toward Kingsport, Tennessee and cross over the state line just into Virginia, uh, that's the territory where I grew up, if you were to meet a lot of people that are from that area and live there for a while and you were to ask them, do you know Charles Kilburn? Now, Charles Kilburn is my dad, by the way. And uh, you would find that some people know my dad. And you would find that dad has a good name in that area. Now, it's interesting that my dad's name isn't because dad uh, is, uh, you know, has a great deal of resources. People know dad's just kind of average in terms of life, you know, middle class type person. Uh, it's not that dad uh, has great accomplishments behind his name. It's not that dad's held any political office or anything like that. You know, about the only thing that you might say about dad in that regard is he's my dad. Uh, yeah, you, you get it. Yeah, that's not a big deal either, is it? But, but Dad has a name because for years he has served Jesus, served little small Methodist churches in that area, and God has given him a name. God said, Abraham, I'll give you a name, a good name. Much of... God's blessing, though, for Abraham 
didn't happen during Abraham's life. It was more future-oriented. You see, part of the biblical blessing is being fruitful. And God promised Abraham, He said, Abraham, I will make of you a great nation. But you know, Abraham had a real struggle there because when he left to move into this land, he was 70 years old and he had no biological heirs. And it would be several years before he would have his first son, and that son would be born to a, 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 a servant in his home, Hagar. And it would be a few more years before he would have a, a son born to Sarah who was born at her in her old age. But God raised up in the future from Ishmael, nations that come from Arab tribes, and Israel is born forth out of his son Isaac. You know, oftentimes in our lives, God's blessings are in the present, but they're also in the future. God continues to bless our lives and those who follow after us. Today, we are in this place here, this campus. We're a part of a church that's been around for over 150 years. Most of the people who've been a part of this church are long gone, and yet we today enjoy the blessings of those who have gone before us. Isn't that neat? Isn't that neat? And so hopefully after us, others will experience this blessing of Udawa United Methodist Church and this growing in faith and this reaching out into the world because of our faith and our witness. The next blessing, though, that we find in Abraham is one that has the most significance. God promised Abraham that he would become a universal blessing. He said, Abraham, through you all nations, all people groups will be blessed. Now, it took a long time for that to even develop and become a reality. Some 500 plus years would pass and Abraham's descendants, there would be a lot of descendants that would come from Abraham, and those descendants would end up down in Egypt. They would be slaves down in Egypt, and then God would miraculously deliver those slaves from their Egyptian bondage. And there in the wilderness, God was going to mold them into a special people, giving them a mission. And that mission was that they were to become a kingdom of priests, people who would be the go-between God and others on earth, God and the other nations of the world. But unfortunately, centuries would pass and they would never fully live into that mission God had given them to do never truly being that connecting link as God had intended between God and others. But then through them, another one would be raised up. A Messiah, one we call Jesus. And Jesus would come into the world a descendant of these Hebrew people. And through Him, Abraham's blessing would come 
and has come to all the nations of the world. Last week, we took a few moments to look at uh, passages in Galatians where it talks about Jesus, how that He became the curse. He took on the curse so that we could be delivered from the curse and experience the blessings of Abraham. And so through Jesus, we and all the world and all who in faith turn to Jesus are blessed. This wonderful story of blessing and how Abraham becomes that means through which God's blessing flows, not only into our world, but into your life and my life. But in Abraham, we find this life principle, this life principle that I hope all of us can understand this morning and really seek to apply in our lives. You see, Abraham was blessed to be a blessing. Abraham was blessed to be a blessing. God blesses us so that we can be a blessing to others. God has blessed you in your life. And there are many ways in which God has probably blessed you. And God wants you to now be a channel through which those blessings that have flowed into you to flow into other people. But think with me for a moment. How have you been blessed in your life? How have you been blessed in your life? Now, nearly all of us have been blessed with certain gifts and talents. Just a few moments ago, we were in the midst of worship, and just a few moments from now, when I kind of wrap this sermon together, the band's going to be back up here. And this band shared with us their blessing, their talent that God has given them. It's so great today to see Alan Elkins back with us. Many of you don't know Alan. Uh, It's been a few years since he's been with us, but he used to play regular for the band. And great to hear him and to see him on the viola. Blessed using the gifts. What gifts, what talents, what abilities has God given to you through which you can bless others? God has blessed many of us with resources, some of us with an abundance of resources. God has given to us an abundance of resources, even extra microphones, which uh, I want to bless the people that are online. Many of y'all can hear me, but uh, they can't hear us online. God has blessed us with resources so that we can be generous, so that we can be generous, that we can give to people who are in need, Support our church, support organizations that care for others. God has blessed us so that we can bless others. It makes a difference. I think of this church, for example, how that this church has a ministry in reaching beyond these walls to meet the needs of people. 
whether it's an organization like the Bethlehem Center or the Samaritan Center that, you know, help people, Bethlehem helps inner city folks, whether it's outreach to folks that are in need and, and how we make a difference locally, regionally, and around the world making a difference into the lives of people. As we are generous in giving to our church, our church is able to multiply what it does to be a blessing to folks sharing that blessing of God. We are blessed to be a blessing. Nearly all of us have the blessing of a sense of influence, rule, and responsibility. That's kind of the language I've used during this service series. But we all have a measure of influence. For many of us, that influence may be largely around our family. For some, it is in where we work. Some are serve maybe as educators, teachers. Some serve as managers. Some serve as, as business owners. And, and in all those places, we have the opportunity through that influence, rule, and responsibility to bless others. You see, people who are in that network of influence need our love and care. They need to know that someone really cares about them, and we can bless their lives as we responsibly carry out those levels of rule and responsibility. Now, when you have rule and responsibility, sometimes there comes a need for discipline. We don't really like that word very much, but sometimes there's a need for discipline. But even then, we can exercise that in ways with love and kindness that makes a difference in the lives of others. We care for others in that way. One of the great blessings that comes to us as falls of Jesus is a gift, a blessing that comes from Him, and it's the blessing of peace. Jesus says, I give you my peace. Do you have a sense of what that is? Do you have a sense of peace inside knowing that Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior? Do you have a sense of peace that God is with you in all the circumstances and situations you face? Do you have a sense that, that God is with you in your relationships with others and He helps you to live at peace with other people? How can we share that blessing of peace with other people? Our world is so anxious. Our world is so divided. Our world is so much in conflict. We need to be peacemakers in the world around us. We are blessed to be a blessing. And probably the greatest way that we can be a blessing in our world is by the sharing of our faith with other people. People need to hear and to know what God has done in your life. They need to hear and see how Christ has transformed you, what Christ is doing within you, what Christ has done in your family, what Christ is doing. They need to hear. But equally, people need to hear the faith by being able to share their story with you. They need someone who will listen to them, not judge them for what they're going through and what they've done and what they've been through, and then to share the love of Christ. Well, sisters and brothers...
God has blessed you and me to be a blessing to the world. Is that a principle we can live by? I want you to think about how can I be a blessing to others? How have I been blessed? How can I use those blessings to bless others? Let's pray. Father, today we pray that you would help us to know how we can be a blessing to others. Lord, we are so thankful for the abundance of blessings that you have given to us. And the greatest of those blessings, our salvation through Jesus Christ. And Lord, we pray now that we would live by this principle that we've been blessed to be a blessing. And we make our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen.